All right, CMO, still feeling okay? We're about to get into the next segment, so we might get the attention up to the stage. And whilst that is happening, it's the Alex Dyson CMO straw poll. Uh, hands up, rebranding of Twitter to X. Hands up for genius. <laughs> Got a genius. Hands up for catastrophe. A few catastrophes in the room as well. All right. A couple of you playing cards close to the chest as well. That's good to see. Uh, we are going to get a few experts up here um, to help have a chat with you tonight because this is an incredible, uh, incredibly rich, uh, inform informative dinner this evening. Uh, it's my pleasure to announce them right now. Let's go with panelist number one who's going to be helping us out, Poppy Reed, the editor-in-chief of Australia's largest <laughs> youth network, The Brag Media. Now, they do include, as we all know, Variety Australia, but also Rolling Stone Australia and New Zealand, Tone Deaf and The Music Network. Uh, as a bit of context, one million Australians read Variety every month and the entire Brag Media as a whole reaches nine million Australians per month as well, covering all subcultures from music, entertainment, gaming and fashion. So another big round of applause, Poppy Reid. Coming up, Poppy. Uh, also joining Poppy is Melissa Hopkins. Chief Marketing and Audience Officer and Non-Executive Director of Seven West Media. Melissa is renowned for acclaimed ability to create, uh, create growth throughout uncertainty whilst driving enduring commercial outcomes. One more time, give it up for Melissa Hopkins. And keep that applause going for Suzanne Stretton-Brown. Come on up, Suzanne. Right at the front, perfect. Uh, Suzanne is the Director of Marketing for Universal Pictures ANZ. Suzanne has over two decades of hugely impressive experience within the theatrical film industry and has created a prominent career spearheading high-impact campaigns for blockbuster proprieties such as Minions, Jurassic World, Bond No Time to Die, the Super Mario Brothers Beauty, and most recently, a little film named Oppenheimer and the Barbie movie. So please, that deserves a massive round of applause. And let's get into it. Over to you, Poppy. All right, so we have some of the best CMOs in the room and some of the, well, all of the best, I would say, because it's variety. We invite only the best. And a bunch of incredible marketers in the room too across entertainment and tech. So I asked around a few people to find out what makes a good marketer? And it seemed that there were three very clear themes around that. Strategic vision was said a lot. Brand building and storytelling was said a lot and data-driven decision-making skills was also said a lot. And I think that these two people next to me today embody all of those three things and more. And I am, I'm girl crushing a little bit. So I met these two this week and I have a, such a professional crush on you both. I'm so excited to chat to you both. So without further ado, Suzanne Stratton-Brown, she's the Director of Marketing ANZ at Universal Pictures International Australasia. What a mouthful. Has over two decades in the biz and has worked on huge campaigns such as Minions, Jurassic World and more recently Barbie and Oppenheimer which we're going to get into soon. Thank you so much for joining us. And then of course we have Melissa Hopkins who is the Chief Marketing and Audience Officer at Seven West Media and was previously Vice President Marketing CMO at Optus for over six years and you're a multi-award winner. You love transformation and change. Listen to that on a podcast today. And we'll get into a lot of that change and transformation soon. And has said she loves challenging the status quo. I'm very pumped to chat about that. All right, Suzanne, let's start with you. How, yeah. All right, how did Barbie become this cultural phenomenon that we're experiencing right now? Well, that's a big question. 
Um, let's see. Barbie is obviously a, an iconic brand. Um, she's over 60 years old. She looks pretty good for that, I think. Um, she's over 60 years uh, in the market. She's got global recognition. But when it came to, I guess, marketing the movie, uh, what we, ha we were charged with was taking that awareness and converting it into interest in the film. And predominantly Barbie is um, of interest to young girls and our ambition was to take it beyond that. So what we're seeing right now is a result of the fabulous film. But how did it become a cultural phenomenon? Well, I have my own theories, which I'm going to share. Um, and there's many more, I'm sure. Uh, many more uh, contributing factors to the success. But I'll just talk about a few and the things that we've observed in our campaign. The first I'm going to draw on is the power of emotion. And what I mean by that is we really tapped into the nostalgia factor uh, of consumers with Barbie so that the appeal of Barbie was something, whether it was you were eight or 80, if you had a relationship. And that nostalgia is a very powerful marketing tool. The other area that we tapped into was the aspiration of the film. Uh, aspiration generates excitement, anticipation, and it was something that drew people to the product. And the third one in, in this area is, um, and this is my own observation, but have you just not seen so much pink? In I every mean, shop window. Seriously, I didn't wear pink tonight because I was like, I've done it for a year. <laughs> um, but there is something psychologically wonderful about pink. Now, it is a key brand uh, a key brand asset of Barbie that we know her to be, but there was something about the joy, um, the celebration of pink that just cut through and took our brand out there. And it, the combination of all of these things drew on emotion. And ultimately, if you don't stir emotion in your campaign, your content is not going anywhere. The second element I would draw on would be the celebrity and the pop culture. The celebrity, Margot Robbie, hello. Um, Ryan Gosling, hello. Barbie and Ken. Hello. Hello. <laughs> hello. Mel's already told us she has a huge crush on Ryan Gosling, <laughs> so if you can make that happen. No worries. <laughs> um, we, uh, we had the celebrity factor, and that doesn't always translate, but in this case, everyone, the curiosity to see them as Barbie and Ken was palpable. Then when we talk pop culture, we talk about the original music in the film. We talk about the original storytelling. The fact that it, the social sort of commentary around a celebration of um, diversity and individuality, these are relevant right here, right now. And then for that reason, they struck a chord with the audience. The third element I would draw on would be the partnerships and the collaborations that we brought on board for the film. We had the most successful uh, campaign ever in partnerships. We drew on partnerships across every channel from uh, music to fashion to food to um, retail. And those partnerships, what they did is they embraced the brand 
And the one condition of being a partner was that they needed to come to market with their own bespoke representation of Barbie. They embraced the brand. Um, you can go on down to Grilled and they've actually converted their shop into a Barbie house. So they really embraced it. What happened with, as a result of that and the collaborations is not only is that adding to our marketing sort of reach, if you like, there is a sense then for the consumer that, Mar that Barbie is on every single shop corner. Wherever you go, there's Barbie and there's pink. And it starts creating this sense that, oh my gosh, I'm being consumed by this. And I think the fourth element, just to close on, on this question, um, I'm going to go with is timing. Timing is everything, right? And when I think of timing, I'm talking about the strategic rollout of material, of content. We developed what we called, um, at the studio, the studio developed what we called the breadcrumb strategy. And the breadcrumb strategy was taking uh, content from the film and dropping it really slowly over a period of 12 months, because that's how long we had to sustain the interest. If we gave too much, people might lose interest. If we didn't give enough, they might lose interest. So we just had to time it right. When I talk about timing, I talk about the fact that women have been underserved at the cinemas for quite a while. I mean, when did we have a great girls' night out at the movies, right? Barbie has given us that opportunity, so the timing was right. And the last element of timing is, quite frankly, the movie is happy, it's a celebration. And I think, quite frankly, after the years we've all had, it's absolutely the entertainment tonic that we need right now. So they're my four things. I love that. I didn't expect to laugh so much. Yeah, yes. That was, oh, there's so many takeaways there. I didn't expect to laugh so much during the film. It was so joyous to me. Um, but it was really interesting watching that lead up to the premiere and all of the incredible takeovers. Mm. Just, I mean, obviously I saw a few around Sydney. I did see the, the pink burger at Grilled too. Yeah. What are some of the highlights from the local campaign that you can speak to? Um, I would say, look, it was a multifaceted campaign, as you would imagine. Um, the one I'll draw on is our out-of-home campaign which was bespoke for the Australian market. I loved it. So this campaign, this element of the campaign was um, we drew on a consumer insight and that was, this consumer insight was that predominantly women, but people wanted to see Barbie land in the real world. They've only ever been exposed to Barbie as a toy and they wanted to say, what does full-size Barbie look like? What does the house look like that she lives in? And so we took this insight and we went, okay. We then looked at the outer home channel and we went, well, we could take all these different platforms across out of home, this different inventory, and we could create bespoke sort of um, uh, messages across all of them and really bring Barbie into the real world. So how do we do that? Okay, the first one we did was what we call Barbie at Bondi. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a moment. Like, if it had rained that day, the whole thing would have been <laughs> gone. But we took over the pool at Icebergs and we, co we timed it with the tour of the stars. So we had our own Margot Robbie down there. And we created a moment. We had a press conference. We, we had this amazing, iconic beach. And it went global. From there, that was the kickoff. From there we moved into what we called iconic Barbie. So what that looked like was 
we took, for example, we took um, the side of a building up in Brisbane and we, uh, with, as a mural and we created Barbie's dream house. We took over the whole side of the building and then at night we projected light into the window so it looked like Barbie was home. And uh, from there, we, uh, we took our Barbie um, to the bus shelters. So we turned some of the bus shelters into her fashion closets. Uh, we had a disco room in one of them. Um, and then, the, the, you know, getting back to what the insight was around wanting to touch and feel it, we uh, took the Barbie boxes, you know, the big life-size Barbie box, and we put them all through the Westfields so that people could just go and have their photo taken and share, share it, you know, on their social. Um, so that was amazing. And then the third component was, I'm going to call this show-stopping Barbie because it was about um, taking the biggest formats and transforming them, whether we added a bit of um, glitter and sp sprinkled some sequins, which we did. Um, we did an amazing site in Melbourne, which is a, a 3D anamorphic site down in Burke Street, you probably know it, guys, and it's incredible. And we created a huge Barbie box and we had Margot in her swimsuit or Barbie in her swimsuit popping out, lifting her glasses and blowing, you know, a little wink to the cars driving by. So it was an incredible campaign. The point I want to make about this, which to me is a standout, is that the out-of-home was so... Um, it was, so, it was built for every channel and it was so engaging and so fun. People were taking photos and sharing it. And I think, you know, when people start photographing your advertising, I think you've created art. So it was amazing. The marketer's dream. Yeah. The other marketer's dream, which we can only touch on really quickly, is Barbenheimer. And you need to explain what that is. Okay. Yeah. Really Tell quickly. Us. Okay, I'll do it really quickly. So Barbenheimer, we can take no credit for that. Um, but what it is, is um, uh, just to give people context, in America, this time of year is the blockbuster season. It's when people, when studios date their films and it's very competitive. And so Barbie and Oppenheimer are dated on the same date. And what happens is the media and commentators get behind and go, all right, which one's going to win? Which one's going to lose? It's going to be a winner or a loser. And it's very competitive. And we're all nervous as studios. We want our film to be number one. Something unique happened. First of all, we started seeing through or hearing through social listening that fans were sort of saying, hold on, I don't want to choose. I, I want to see both. And they adopted this phrase, Barbenheimer. And that was sort of going through and fans were creating, you know, you would have seen some of the artwork and things they've created and marrying the two posters. And then something really interesting happened. And this is what I think actually took it to the surface. Tom Cruise who also had Mission Impossible out in cinemas at the same time went. He went and bought a ticket to Barbie and he bought a ticket to Oppenheimer. And then he, pho he photographed himself at the cinemas with the posters and shared it. So then Margot and the director Greta went and took, bought a ticket to Mission Impossible, bought a ticket to Oppenheimer, took a photo, shared it. What they created was rather than the competition was a celebration. And from there it just, it rose. It's beautiful. And I think Barbie is going to be one of the highest grossing films, or the highest grossing film this year, I think. It is. Already yeah. it is. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, Mel, okay. Time to grill you now. Uh, so, so you're new to this role. Did you say you're four months in? 
Four. Yeah. Four months in. Yeah. And you you want to do a full rebrand. Obviously, you love to challenge the status quo. This is you and your element. What does it mean to, to rebrand Seven? What's the plan? Yeah, I, I think I'd probably uh, not use the word rebrand, but actually I think the opportunity is to make Seven relevant again to Australians. So yeah, for those of us old enough in the room, 20 years ago, Seven was just as cool as a Google or a Meta. Uh, and we'd be quite happy to have the sticker on our laptops. Um, it's sort of lost that. And I think there is a real opportunity for us to become sort of part of the fabric of Australia again, to really define ourselves as a brand over and above our content. I don't think many content players actually globally have been successful in doing that. Um, but it really, really excites me that I'm on the journey to do that with Seven. They've absolutely got latent brand love. We represent all of Australia. We're there for every Australian. We reach 17 million Australians every month. It's pretty cool. It's the same size as YouTube, just, you know, for your digital sort of lovers out there. So I, I, we're, we're, we're in great company. Um, and... Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna give too much away, but we're very much on a journey to ensure that we're not just seen as a content player, but a part of the fabric of Australia. And I'm super excited about what we're about to do. And how do you win more news market share? Because I guess that's a huge part of your role now as well. And when we met, you had this really great analogy involving a washing detergent, and I would love for you to share it. The Omo one. Well, I think, you know, the, the super interesting thing about coming into different businesses and categories that aren't marketing first is ensuring that you can um, communicate with key, with key stakeholders. So um, Craig McPherson, who is our chief of news and current affairs, and Seven News has the biggest news in Australia, but, you know, I think we sort of, you know, we hit about two million Aussies a night – in, in New South Wales and Queensland, uh, we're quite tight with Nine and, you know, there's this big discussion around how we can get more viewers across from Nine. And I was sort of thinking, Jesus, I think all this marketing stuff is fluff. Uh, and I sort of had this discussion with them going, uh, I d I'm not sure if an outdoor billboard of Mark Ferguson saying know the news is going to switch people across from nine to seven. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, well, he's wearing a Tom Ford suit. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. But, you know, this is the power of marketing, actually, and this is, I think, where we need to take a step back and, and look at where we can be kind of magical. So I, I just sort of sat down and, and said to Craig, is news a bit like washing detergent? And he went, what the hell are you talking about? And I said, well, for me, Omo, I am fanatical about Omo. Like, I need Omo. I will only buy Omo. Actually, I really probably don't even check the price of Omo. There was a period where they changed their packaging. It wasn't available. I fucking freaked out. Like, Who has Omo disaster. in here? Does anyone have Omo? Can yeah, we he's, he's a hardcore Omo go. fan. Amazing. Okay, thank you. you thank you. Yeah. So, you know... Hardcore Omo fans are a bit like people that love Peter Overton on Channel 9. Like, you ain't going to get them to switch. <laughs> then you get individuals that will only buy on price. So, whatever is on special. So, be that fairy, dynamo, Omo, don't really care. I'm just going to get what's on special. 
they're a type of customer we could get to get to the news. Or alternately, you get some that are like, I like Omo. I might be willing to try Fairy. And we sort of sat there and had this awesome conversation where Craig said, I don't want the hardcore Omo users. Actually, the ones that want price are going to screw my ratings because they just go up and back because they're not loyal. I don't want them. So I just really want to go for the ones that think, yeah, I might give it a go. And, and the reason I love that, and we had this great discussion about it as an analogy, is for a news director that thought that marketing was all fluff, the minute you start using other examples, which are basic, basic science of marketing, you can unlock really sort of amazing truths. And um, from the back of it, and you guys will see it in the next few weeks, we have an amazing new news campaign coming out. And you actually have a big reveal to offer us. It's to do with the man of the hour. Are you ready to I don't drop know. a bomb? Amy, where are you? I don't Who's know. I need to have a see if Amy's going to look over. This is really awkward now because I don't even think we've sealed the deal. This needs to happen. We have our variety journalist over there and yeah, ready to go. She's we there. are live tweeting. I mean, come on. She's there. Can we drop a bomb, Amy? I'm going to drop a bomb. I'm dropping the oh, bomb, she Amy. She said, oh, no, what? Well, we're, we're been talking about fees, but I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah, he's, uh, he's in the bathroom. That's, a, that, 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 that's okay. Um, right. Um, Gary V, like how fucking amazing is he? And um, yes. Yes. And uh, so many of us follow him. I'm super spoilt um, over the last three years to have had a number of interactions with him where I've learned and grown. But perhaps more actually um, just been blessed with his um, generosity and his belief in paying it forward and karma, uh, which he very much did at Optus. And, and when I started at Seven, also did and gave up a lot of his sort of personal time. He also has an amazing sidekick here in Australia called Amy. Uh, he's done some work with us here at Seven um, to date, which has been um, spectacular. Um, but I don't know if a lot of people in the room know the full capacity of Vayner and, and Veda Media as a, I don't even want to call them a full service agency, but, but what they can do for your business in, in growing revenue, building creativity and driving connections. So... We haven't yet signed the deal, but I am about to announce, so it's going to be public and I'm sort of screwed. Um, Seven is really, really, really super proud to be announcing tonight that we're going to have an amazing strategic partnership with VaynerMedia here in Australia. You. And I know we have stiff competition globally, but I can't wait with Amy to ensure that we make this the strongest and best partnership that Vayner has ever had with a brand. Yeah. Nice. All right, we have actually run out of time, but there's one last question that I want to hit to you both. What is one character trait that separates good CMOs from bad CMOs? Go, Suzanne, you first. Um, I'm going to go with leadership. I think uh, unless you can create a culture and lead a team of people, surround yourself with the best, we are nothing without our teams. And so, yeah, leadership. 
Nice one. Melissa? Curiosity. Mm. Yep. I agree. So um, I think actually the, the job of a CMO is to be curious about what's next and what's around the corner and we need to champion that and we always don't know the answers. So uh, we just need to be curious. Amazing. Everyone, we have been so fortunate to hear from Suzanne Stretton-Brown, Melissa Hopkins. Let's eat. Oh, me, oh, my, oh, my. Thank you very much, Poppy Reed, for hosting that. And please, another round of applause from Melissa Hopkins and Suzanne Stretton-Brown for their insights, their success. Absolutely incredible stuff. We're going to be jumping into some dinner right now. It will be served and we'll be back with the main event, Gary V, on the stage with you. Uh, stick with us here at the Variety Australia Twilio segment. CMO Dinner.